Today on Training Group Live, Jason Bradley, Kenny Wynn, and I discuss the benefits of looking at shooting completely fresh every season. Kenny shares breakthroughs he's having with trigger control and what he's doing to break through a plateau. After the paywall, we continue our discussion and share our thoughts on vision, grip, and stage visualization. Welcome to Training Group Live, your home for all things practical shooting. So make ready, it's time to train. Welcome to Training Group Live. On deck today, we have new voices, I suppose, to this podcast. I was going to say faces, but never mind. Uh, my friend Kenny Wynn. How's it going? Good, you have to say hi because they can't see your gang signs. And Jason Bradley. Hey. Little known fact, the character Jason Bourne from the, from the movies was actually based off of Jason Bradley. So <laughs> they had to change the name because they uh, they wouldn't, what Jason, they wouldn't pay you what you wanted for copyright or whatever yeah. to license it yeah. due to a licensing disagreement. So the character was named Jason Bourne. Yep. Okay. Uh, so today, Jason, you sent me a, we were, we were always idle chit chat, but an interesting topic, I think which was kind of every year looking at you're shooting again like it's new to you. So we all take an off season where you don't train for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, whatever. And then when you go back to picking up your competition stuff, you kind of have a fresh look or a fresh outlook on how you want to do things for the year. Is that a fair way of summarizing it? Yeah. So I mean, most of the, most of the winter with you dudes, uh, playing Call of Duty, and, I mean, the game's pretty much mindless. We're just sitting there having idle, you know, talk about shooting and what we think's important and that kind of stuff. So I thought it would make for a good conversation. Um, Kenny, to put you on the spot, I think you've had some noticeable breakthroughs lately. Is that um, fair to say? Or yeah, you can say that. I guess changes you want to make in your technique? The light bulb has came on? Yeah, I mean, well... Towards the end of the season of last year, because last year was weird, I switched, decided to put the opening guns down and switch to carry optics and just got reminded of some things that I usually get reminded of when I switched to carry optics in the fall. Um, but yeah, just like new stuff to work on that is a lot more noticeable shooting a plastic gun versus like a 60 ounce open gun. That, that didn't that didn't <laughs> recoil at all and that you could have really bad trigger control and you would still hit the target. Is that fair? Yeah, pretty much. And then you start shooting your carry optics gun. It's like, hey, if I suck, this gun really shows me that I suck. It doesn't make up for maybe inadequacies. Really anything. Deficiencies. Yeah. doesn't really make up for anything. It'll, it'll definitely let you know everything you're doing wrong. Jason's pausing. He wants to say something. Oh. No, I'm just listening. Uh, I, I thought agree. he I mean... froze because he was like completely <laughs> still. <laughs> I mean, you're coming from a gun that has the trigger system that's um, I would uh, I would say is the most forgiving um, to a, to if you're switching depending on what type of gun uh, to maybe one that does not have as uh, as a forgiving system. Yeah, no, no, most definitely. I don't know how I can't remember how it came about, but I think I was shooting with Joel, maybe with Lane too, and. For whatever reason, I decided to ask them how they're pulling the trigger. And yes. apparently, after talking to Joel and asking for several other local dudes, they're all doing it the same way, and I'm doing it a totally different way. They're looking at me like I'm crazy. So let's talk uh, about what you were doing. <laughs> okay. 
what what I was doing is I like to call the just the tip method. Um, <laughs> so basically, when I first started shooting, I learned I was watching a video and I was like shooting from a bench with an AR about like staging the trigger. And for whatever reason, my the pad of my tip of my finger never actually hits the face of the trigger itself. I was literally using the very tip of my finger. I'm almost like hitting the corner of the trigger face. And this is something I've been doing forever, and that's just assu how I assumed. Because I, I kind of learned that, or what I thought was right, is you have to kind of stage the trigger, or what some people would uh, define as prep. So mm -hmm. for me, in my head, and for what I was feeling, that made sense to me that this is going to give me the most finite control instead of having to jam my finger all the way in there. But when I started shooting USPSA, and great, I've shot handguns before, I kind of jumped right into open. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's the so most flashy. I, exactly. And, I, and I've shot handguns before, but I've never put a lot of serious thought into what was happening. You know, I just kind of mm -hmm. struggle with it. But once I started shooting USPSA and started training, um, I obviously learned how to shoot the handgun. And I'm not, like, super good or anything, but I've been able to do... Ken, pretty, Kenny's pretty, A-class. He does not suck. Kenny's good. That's what Joel's like to say. I'm type A, so I've made it work. But... I've kind of hit a wall last year. And granted, I didn't train much last year, but I haven't made a lot of huge gains in my technical skill. And I realized, like, my mid game, what I was working to get my mid to long range game was not getting better. So I started asking questions. And I'm pretty sure that's how the whole, how I figured out about this trigger thing. Yeah. So, and me and Joel have shot a few times at the range, just kind of messing around. And it's, it's nothing I've, I've implemented it in dry fire yet, but. It's something I have to remind myself, like, yo, stick your whole finger in the trigger. And I'm realizing, just from just from shooting it a little bit like that, that the consistency of being able to not push the gun left or right is higher. I mean, obviously with the open gun, I mean, you still want to do that with the open gun. But because my open gun had, like, a two-pound trigger, no creep or anything, I was able to get away with, like, literally putting sideways force on the trigger and still hitting an A-zone. Which, I mean, not it's a big A-zone, but still, yeah, with a lighter trigger, it's not hard to just slap it twice like that and hit two A's, like, at 10, 10 to 15 yards. You're, you're going to, more likely than not, you're going to get it. But with a care optics gun, you push it at all to the side. Yeah, you're hitting, like, left C's mm -hmm. and so forth. So, Jason, what's your read on this, sir? I mean, it makes perfect sense. So... I would say that it's easy. Um, anyone could get to A class, um, and what what gets you out of A class is probably refinement of certain things. Like I think anyone can just muscle their way into A class, for the most part. Uh, I mean, the classifiers are just stand and shoot, so it's not like how well you enter position that gets you into master or GM, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, I mean, usually I know they're changing some things now, but uh, typically that's not been the case. It's been stand and shoot, so. Um, I mean, that makes sense. And, you know, growing up, I shot a lot with my dad and shot a lot of archery and, and handguns and shotguns. And and we always had the term of this could be more forgiving. This piece of equipment can be more forgiving uh, for this reason. And um, so like certain handguns, people will shoot and then they say they're not accurate. And I, I the most I'm not going to talk about brands necessarily, but I mean, we can. But it's that that, that gun may be a little less forgiving. So uh -huh. you come from a gun that has a trigger, like you said, that's two pounds. It literally has, I mean, it, it moves a 30 seconds of an inch before you hit the wall. 
And that's just because the spring pressure from the three-leaf spring is, is pushing the trigger forward a little bit. Then you slam it, and it's, you know, it's under two pounds or it's two pounds. And not only that, it's actually designed to where inside the frame, the, two, the trigger bow itself on both sides run inside a track. So, I mean, all that, and it goes straight back. It doesn't hinge. It doesn't do anything. So, And so you can get on the edge or the corner of the trigger face and do that, and it's still going to go straight back because it's in a track. Uh-huh. Uh, that's probably overthinking it and blah, blah, blah. But um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense that you can have poor trigger or poor fundamentals and it not show up. It, it'd be less forgiving. And then you go to another gun that has a uh, it's notorious for a bad trigger and uh, inaccurate. And then you're like, oh, this gun is not accurate. Well, that gun's probably extremely accurate. You're just not doing something right. Yeah, I mean, I used to work retail, and people would like come in like, "Oh, this gun's not accurate. The you know the sights are off. It's always low and left kind of thing." And it's like, well, maybe one gun's easier or more difficult for you to shoot, but yeah, the gun mechanically accuracy is not a problem. Um, Kenny, thinking back, I think kind of what started our kind of our conversation about trigger control. I think um, I wanted to start shooting two gun last year, and I had Glock 17 that was completely out of the box. And Kenny has all this cool Gucci triggers and stuff. So I'm like, hey, bring your stuff out. I want to try your guns. Pick which trigger I like. And uh, I remember you had the two like the two main ones were Zev and Apex. And brand doesn't even matter. But for whatever reason, the way that Apex felt on the, the gun, the one I really liked, was because I just kept applying pressure. And at some point, it would, it would break. The shot would go off. Like, oh, this is perfect. And I felt like maybe it was just, I don't know that all of them are like that. Maybe it was that specific one. But on your Zev trigger, it felt like you'd pull the trigger and then halfway the resistance would spike and you're pulling. And I don't, it's exaggerate. Maybe it's two pounds, two pounds. And then all of a sudden it's four pounds to break the shot. And I felt like when I was pressing the apex, it was like one, two, three, four. I felt like it would just kind of, you know, you just apply pressure. It would just continually kind of climb. And then at some point it would snap. And I remember we were talking about that on the wall of the, the, maybe just the way you have it, the combination of springs, whatever, on your Zeb Glock. And you were saying that you really liked that because you would, he'd, you know, get the dot to where he wanted whatever. He'd pull the trigger halfway back. He'd refine the sight picture, get it where he liked it, confirm it, whatever. And then he would press the trigger the rest of the way. Kenny, am I making any of this up? Does it sound accurate? No, I think that's exactly how this whole thing came about. And then... I'll let you finish, but the things you're saying, it brought a, something for a point for me to talk about. So then, yeah, well, then you were asking me how I press the trigger. And I said, well, I just put the dot on the target and then I just press the trigger. And at some point it goes off. It's like one pound, two pound, three pounds, four pounds, five pounds. And at some point the gun goes off. Uh, Jason, what's your read on this? What do you do for trigger control? Um, so I, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I gave you something new to just, overthink about. Just no, 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 no. That, he's just I, that good, man. And I'm not really going to – I think I know. I think I know, right? What you think you're doing and what you're doing sometimes may not be the same thing. Um, yes. So traditionally, if you're taught to shoot handguns, you're taught the, the stage, the prep and press, right? Take up to the, take up the slack to the wall and yes. then start applying pressure until it breaks. You want to be surprised. Okay, all that. Um, you can't do that for every shot. I think there is a very high-level shooter that is actually teaching that method. Now, I've not taken the class, so I don't know if that's ex- if they're just saying every shot's this way. But I would say on some shots, there are I, I am a little bit more controlled and disciplined on the trigger pull. So mm-hmm. uh, there are times where I, if it's a hard shot, I'm gonna be more controlled and really focus on, you know, may I actually probably will. I've I've trained it so much 
that it, I just am aware, hey, that's a harder shot. Take take the uh, required amount of time or the process is different. You know, that's a different mm-hmm. process for that, that trigger pull. So I've trained that. But uh, generally speaking, I, I'm I probably let it out, let the trigger all the way out and then then pull the trigger. I would assume that you're not doing the prep press method. No, I know I'm not doing the prep press on every trigger pull. And on easy, fast targets, I know I'm not doing that. But uh, as far as am I coming all the way off and my finger coming all the way to the front of the trigger guard and then I'm slapping back, I don't think I'm doing that either. So, I mean, I've seen you shoot and I've seen your targets. I would, after playing with my old method and what Joel has spoke to me about, I would say it's safe to say you're doing the same thing or it's a gradual, even on a tougher shot. It'll just be slower, if that makes sense. No, I I think on the harder shots, a twenty yard head box, I am, I'm probably doing the hit the wall and then coming to the reset. Yeah, I bet I am. uh, Now I will say this: um, pretty much any time I pick up a gun for a practice session, the first thing I do is the trigger control at speed drill, Um, and it doesn't take that long. So the thing about that drill is you can literally do that for uh, five or six pulls, put the gun down, give your arms and hands a rest, come back and do it a couple more times. So I spend maybe three to five minutes on it before I Are you do doing anything. this live, like with ammo or? No, dry fire. Just dry. But I will do it live fire too. But I do that every single time I practice. Yeah. So um, now I will say this. Um, I will also try it. You know, the drill itself in the book, if you read one of Ben's books, is you go to the – you basically just touch the face of the trigger. You can't take up any of the pre-travel. And you can disengage a safety, but you can just you're just touching the trigger, and then you at the beep you pull straight back. You don't want the gun to move, and you want to beat the beep because the beep's three tenths of a second. Now there are times where I will also every time, not just I don't do it periodically. I will try it, like the drill states in the book, and then I'll modify it, and I'll I'll take my finger off the trigger further, and then I'll each time I'll go a little further. And there are times where I'll even have my trigger just barely inside the trigger guard, mm-hmm. and I'm simulating that I'm running into a new position. You know what I mean? I'm running into a new position, and the gun's up, and now that target is – I've come around the wall, and as soon as I can see it, I'm pulling the trigger. So um, I do both. I mean, and, and you have to get out and live fire that too, I think, uh, just to see what happens. And, and um, I would also say that comes into the other live fire drills that I think are very, very uh, – you have to do them, uh, you know, the uh, practical accuracy and the doubles drill. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of do those drills. So uh, that's what I do. For people I not, oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, go ahead. For people not in training group, uh, those poor unfortunate souls, uh, trigger control at speed. Uh, let me summarize it, and then you can correct me if I miss anything. Uh, the gun's cocked, sights are pointed at the target. You react to a beep, a part time. When you hear the beep, you press the trigger immediately as fast as you possibly can. And the goal is holding the gun still, not pressing down the gun, not tightening up with your firing hand, and then you watch what the sights do, and if you sights blip down, left, right, down, left, up, whatever, then that would be a fail. And the goal is pressing the trigger immediately, having the hammer fall or your striker drop before the beep is even done. So it wouldn't be beep, and then I gently start applying pressure, and then it's like snap. It would be like beep, snap, but like the snap happens before the beep's even done. Is that a fair way of saying it? Okay. And there's no, I don't set up, I mean, there's, you said part-time, but the part-time is the only, is the first beep. You don't set an additional beep. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. A no, random, no, that, that, that is your random part-time. timer. Yeah, the first, timer's the first on beep. random. And I, I think that's, so, 
uh, I've taken friends out shooting and I'll try to, Hey, could you help me out? What do you practice? And I'll say, well, let's practice this. This is what I was going to practice today. And, uh, 10 minutes into the practical accuracy drill, they're like, Hey, uh, you know, tell me, we're not going to keep practicing this. I'm like, no, we're going to keep practicing this. And so I can spot real quickly when people don't want to practice that. <laughs> tell it's me not more. fun. It's not fun drill. <laughs> it is fun. It's extremely fun. It's I not it's, fun if I you're not good at it though. Yeah, I think it's fun. And um, so I love practicing that. That's the most important thing. If you can't pull the trigger straight, who cares what else you can do? Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, It's funny you say that because I've known about the drill, but it wasn't until like maybe – I don't even know if it was last year. Maybe it was like the end of – 2018 season after taking a class with Ben where he's like, dude, you're just not looking at the right spot. You're not pulling the trigger right. And he said, mess with this drill. And the more I messed with it, I was like, yeah, this is something I need to be doing because all the other stuff, like, yeah, it's good to get better at that stuff. But like you just said right now, if you can't pull the trigger straight back, nothing matters. <laughs> like you could have yeah, a clean transition and all the, everything could be right. Exactly. But if you're not pulling the trigger right, all that stuff's for nothing. So these guys I was shooting with, I mean, they're, they weren't able to keep them at seven yards. They're not able to keep every, every shot in the A, in the A box, the lower A box. And I'm like, that's a problem. Like at seven yards, they need to be almost touching every single time. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I, there's times where I get out there and do it and the speed overrides and then I lax on the fundamentals and then my group strings up and down or I start going low and left and then I realize what's going on. But that's the whole purpose of doing that drill, the practical accuracy doubles drill, the, I'll do the trigger control speed at drill with live fire. Because uh, you're trying to see, hey, just how bad I can wank on this trigger and still get like exactly where that, that, that dot or sight was aimed. And that's, a, that, that's where your grip comes into it. So like the, the trigger control process is two things in my mind. It's not just how straight or how, how you pull the trigger. It's, it's the grip. Um, maybe, not every, maybe nobody else agrees with that. But mm-hmm. um, the proper grip uh, – is also part of that so but that's that's the whole thing of the trigger control speed to drill uh trigger control speed trigger control whatever uh i think joel said it that you, you you when you're doing the drill before the you know get the right grip and then push the part time okay push your your random start button get the right grip wait for the beep do the drill analyze if it's right do it the exact same way just repeat that and if you have a it dips low and left. You got too much strong hand pressure. Relax that. Relax your shoulders. Do it again. Do it again. And um, that's probably one of the. I think. I think that drill would help people more than they realize. But nobody wants to practice it. I agree. Uh, and in classes, I even let people prep all the way up until like the wall where it's about to break, and let them start there, and then back off the trigger. Or like depending on like one of you guys, it's like okay, fingers off the trigger. But maybe somebody newer, they let them prep up the wall because that makes it easier. Because as your distance from your finger to the trigger increases, it does get more difficult. So if somebody's struggling with that, maybe your finger closer where you're having contact with the trigger or you're starting to prep it a little bit, then as you get better backing off. Um, but yeah, I think like, like, like I'm saying, just like looking at everything fresh in the new year. Hey, how do I want to grip the trigger? How do I want to grip the gun? How do I want to press the trigger? How much of my finger should be on the trigger? Because uh, like what Kenny was saying before, he would kind of use, what, not even up to the whirl of your fingerprint, I suppose? Even like, less than that much? It's almost like the tip of my finger is, like, touching the corner of the trigger face. Where did you get that from? 
I don't know. That's just how I started shooting, and yeah. I just I just I've made it work. I just I've made seen. it work. Like <laughs> anyone teach that. Yeah, I don't think I actually looked up a technique on how my finger placement should be. I was just I just had learned about the staging part for like because my my shooting just in general started like shooting from a bench. But I, I do want to ask you a question about that trigger control at speed that you do at the beginning of every session. Um, so I think it'd be beneficial to most people. So when you're doing this before every session, is there like, I would imagine you have some kind of like, okay, I'm not going to start doing whatever I plan to do until everything's right. Is that fair to say? I, I don't know how to, uh, I don't know how to answer that. And I'll tell you why I do the drill right. It works. Yeah. <laughs> so when I do it, like I'm not saying every time I pull, I'm not saying I just every piss time I, excellence, man. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I'm not saying every time I pull the trigger, it doesn't move, and I'm not saying I don't make. There's not bad shots that happen, but in my mind, if it's a bad, if it if it doesn't, if it's not proper, um, that was an exception. That's not the normal way I do it. So I go, oh, that one wasn't right. Yeah, you 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 have too much uh, strong hand. Uh, you're, you're gripping too hard, or you just do it right, you know, and, I, and then just do it again. And I just, I, I really, in my mind, this may sound weird, but I'm like, it'll, it'll, it'll be right. But I do it every time. Yeah. Because then when I do it and I do it right, I'm like, see, it's just a, it's a re, it reaffirms that I, I'm doing a good job. I'm that I'm, this is a good, I do this well. And, um, I do it one handed and I do it strong handed and weak handed and I'll do it live fire and I'll make a hard shot. I'll put something out there, a plate, you know, at 25 yards and go, you know, obviously at 25 yards, I do the traditional one where I'm just touching the face of the drill and I'll do it. Mm -hmm. See, the thing is, is I do it with other guns. That, that may be stuff for later, but like, I'll get into some of that. <laughs> but um, like, I, you just got to find what works for you. But I would say um, do it every time, work on it. And, and I think it's probably one of the more important things. I, I wouldn't, what happens is, is we, we take some time off. This is what I think people do because I do this and I have to fight this. So we take some time off, we come back, and then you put your gun on, put a part-time on there, uh, which I don't even use part-times anymore. Um, we put a part-time on there, and what do we do? We just want to yank the gun out, draw the gun as fast as we can, and beat that part-time. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's the reason why I asked you if, you, if that's why you do it. Fundamentals be damned, right? It's just beating that part-time because that's instant gratification right there. Yeah, uh, like what you're saying about paying attention also, because the what you'd want to have happen, or if I have you know people shooting a drill like uh, practical accuracy, something like that in a class, and it, you know they're shooting, and all of a sudden there's one out of the group, you know where for the most part it's okay, and there's one way the right hand way low left, and you know you know like what happened, and uh, you know if it'd be like hey I'm really sorry it was the third shot I felt my hand tense up I felt the gun push down. That would be a really good answer. But when they're like, well, I don't really know, you know, like, I'm not really sure what happened. Or if I'll be like, oh, it's pretty good until that last shot, right? And like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it was the second shot. Like, we're also assessing for honesty here because sometimes they don't, they like, they don't know which one it was. They weren't paying attention. And so, like, what you're saying, really paying close attention. And if something like having problems is totally okay, it's going to happen in matches, it's going to happen in practice where, hey, my hand tensed up, I fired before the site got there. Uh, you know, whatever happened. But the important part, like what you're saying, is knowing it happened and then trying to figure out why it happened. Not shooting a bunch of drills. Like, well, it was pretty good, except for those two Charlies that were like way low and like almost deltas. Like, well, it was pretty good, except for that. No idea how they got there. Like, that would be the problem. 
Well, but if you know what's causing those, you could, you know, go towards fixing it. I mean, I think we've all done this, like when we, especially probably earlier when we first start out, I think this is a, a natural thing. You go and you do, let's just say the bill drill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go do the bill drill, you do it five times in a row. And one of them, the last one was great, was good. It was yes. acceptable. You're like, yep, I, I did it. I did it. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> you, you finally, after doing the same thing over, finally got it to work one time for you. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing I'll do is I um, uh, will go out and try. It's the cold drill. I run a drill cold. It is a stage in, pra- in practice. It's a stage. It mm-hmm. may be a bill drill. It may just be a draw and, a du- and do a fire a pair. But I'm on the clock now. And so that's what counts. And then that's when you have to, um, you have to perform. That's what you have to do at a match. So, uh, but but that's not what pe- people do. People go out there and they'll run it twelve times and get two of them, and they're like, "Yep, I did it." No, you didn't. That's not doing it in my mind. You described me, and that's why I'm going to adopt your system because <laughs> I feel I feel it'd be beneficial to other people because if they start off with that instead of just going right into whatever they're doing, any fundamental inefficiencies are going to be shown right there. And that way, if they spend the time doing that first to make sure they're practicing proper fundamentals they're going to get more out of their ammo slash reps so yeah i described i I described everybody that starts shooting or starts doing anything that they're trying to get better at they're practicing at that's what we all do for everything probably i agree completely uh kenny not to put you on blast a little bit but you know like talking about being type a if i gave you i've used this as an example before my glock with uh the mag release is reversed for left-handed to be on the right side if I gave either one of you guys, like, my carry optics Glock, this is what you have to shoot, I think you'd probably be fine. You wouldn't like it, the button's on the wrong side, you wouldn't love it, but you'd still be okay. And I think sometimes people just muscle through where it's like, well, this isn't really what I want, the trigger isn't really right, the holster position's not right, but I'll just, like, whatever, I need to make this work. And they just kind of, like, struggle through it. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> And I will say, too, uh, that trigger control discovery that you helped Mm -hmm. me find, that's made me decide to look at everything I do in shooting because I feel that's what's holding me back. Not like I can't. Like, I'm able to do the things, but I think it's the consistency level. Like, for example, like, I can shoot a stage and hang with a dude that's probably higher class than me. But if we go to shoot a classifier, I might shoot it well. I might not. And I think it has... I'm starting to realize a lot of it might be due to the techniques that I have made work or even like how I've my gear orientation choices. You know, I'm literally looking at every little thing and kind of just starting fresh this year and just starting completely over and see if there's anything that I can find that's going to up more the consistency level of the things that I'm able to do. Cause I feel I can do the draws, the loads, you know, it's, to a high enough level where I should be M class by now, but when it comes to shooting classifiers, hey, I might shoot a C class, I might shoot an M class. You never know. Like, <laughs> so it's funny because I think, I guess we haven't really said it, but I think that's what most people kind of do is they go, my draws are good, my reloads are good. Um, now I need to work on my foot, my 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 footwork. I mean, how many times do people? If I could just get my footwork down, I'm mm-hmm. GM, right? But see, I work on that too. Like, no, 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 I know. But my whole point no, no. is, is my whole point is to start over. And um, like this year, I'm doing that. Uh, I'm right now. I'm just working on my trigger control. It's January. We got a long time. I don't have a match scheduled for six months. Uh, I'm gonna make sure my trigger control is, is where it needs to be, and my grip is where it needs to be. And then I'm gonna try to. One thing I'm really working on is 
uh, I'm really going to focus on trying to keep my shoulders a little uh, more relaxed than I may have in the past. So I'm, I'm actually focusing on when I do the trigger control. Hey, uh, get that tension out of your shoulders. Um, so I, I sent Joel a audio clip of a book I was listening to, and it said basically, and I, I looked this up to see if it was true. And so Jack Nicholas, one of the best golfers, if not the best golfer all time, I don't know. Um, he basically said uh, each year he would go to his trainer and say, hey, I want you to start from the beginning and teach me uh, approach this like I know nothing about golf. I want to rebuild the, the foundation of fundamentals and then go back up. Now, you get to a level where you do that and it's, it, you know, if it took you two years to get to a decent level, it's not going to take you that. But you spend uh, three weeks on it or a month on it of really solid focusing on stuff and, and, take, and not worrying about the sexy stuff worrying about the stuff that's boring. I think that'll pay dividends. Uh, because again, like you said, or like I said, uh, people put the holster on, put the gun out. And the first thing they do is start slinging draws out, dude. And they're trying mm -hmm. to beat these, these, uh, Instagram draws. That's all. I mean, that's what a lot of people, it's natural to do that because that's fun. Going fast is fun. Worrying about how good of a group you can shoot at 25 yards. You know, that's not fun, especially if you can't do it. I think that's an excellent spot to break. Uh, because what were you saying earlier, Kenny? If they're not a member of training group, then they shouldn't get to listen to you drop science or something. Is that what you said? <laughs> no, Kenny yeah, something like that. <laughs> Kenny did not say that at all. Uh, anyway, coming up after the paywall, we are going to continue uh, this conversation. We need to dive into vision next, which I know we've talked about a lot, Kenny, on the range. Um, and much more. Gear setup. Jason's going to tell you... Uh, what pound recoil spring to buy too? Welcome back. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation with my good friends, Kenny and Jason. Um, Jason, I want to dive back into the grip. You had more science to drop for us. I wouldn't call it science, um, but I would call it uh, what works for me and what I think. So. The opposite of science. No, please share. Uh, no, so, you know, talking about the trigger control at speed drill, I think that's probably something everybody needs to put in their training plan. It doesn't take a lot of time to implement that into every training uh, uh, session. I mean, it literally doesn't add any, I mean, three minutes, you could do it. Just get out there and do it. So the other thing I do, though, is uh, I don't do this constantly, but I do this a little bit, and I'm kind of doing it right now. So um, you guys have shot, Kenny, have you ever shot iron sight guns? <laughs> no not really so, it's, it's not good I'll maybe a, with you maybe a few mags right okay so joel will know what i'm talking about here and anybody that shoots irons will know so let's say you're shooting a gun and you, your your gun has a fiber optic sight on it and it's a red fiber optic sight what happens joel when you shoot that for three or four months whatever it's time to change that fiber out and you go to green you probably start looking for it because it's something different than what you're looking for yeah i mean it, it at least it, at least you're more aware of it mm-hmm so, you know, yeah, you don't want to, I'm not saying it draws your eye to it and that's a bad thing, but it's just something that you're aware of. You're like, holy crap, I like green a lot better. I'm able to, I'm able to do better target focus because I always did target focus. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm, it, it, I'm able to see it in my peripheral a lot better. It's just, it, I'm, I'm just more aware that it's there, uh, whatever. Um, well, if, if you shoot that for six months and are two months or three weeks and you go back to red, I think you're going to find that you think the same way. Now, red may be a little bit different in low light. I don't know. But, all that aside, I'm just talking generally speaking. Mm -hmm. So something I like to do is I actually like to shoot other guns. 
bit. Now that anybody knows me, they know that. But um, I actually like to pick up a gun that I'm not shooting, you know, in, in my competition gun and kind of work on the trigger pull and focus on the trigger pull, focus on the, the fundamentals of trigger pull with that gun. And then, and I don't do it for a day. I don't do it for weeks. I do it for five to 10 minutes, you know, just really focus on it. You kind of, you're able to take these, you use your senses to this is, Oh, the gun on my left palm, you know, it's a little bit different. I feel my grip a little different. Uh, Oh, the, uh, uh, the hump on the back strap's a little bit different. The uh, beaver tail's a little bit different. And then the trigger pull, my, fi- my finger's in a different place. You know, it's kind of like pushing my finger down and it's awkward. And then I just focus on all those feelings and then the trigger control. Um, and then I go back to my gun. So I think that breaks it up a little bit. Um, I find that interesting. I, I find that actually helps me. Because if you can, if you... If you know how to pull the trigger correctly, you're going to know how to pull the trigger correctly. And then doing it on different guns where it takes a little bit of manipulation and a little bit of, of actual thinking through the process of it, I think helps you. Dude, so, I agree a lot. Yeah. That's why I end up shooting Glocks a couple times a year. Uh, I'll probably take them to classes a little bit this year. Off season, I mess around with it. Like what you're saying, it's just something new. And it's it's kind of fun because, oh, the grip's at a different angle. The trigger's a different weight. All, all that kind of stuff. And then by the end of it, I end up shooting that pretty well. And then I go to a different gun. It's like, oh... You know, like all this stuff kind of carries over, I feel like also. So I've read some books uh, and it talks about like struggling through things and how if you struggle through things, like it, you actually come out ahead of someone that it, it, for some reason it maybe came through easier or came too easier. And I guess the theory is like, you know, you had to put in the effort and you, you were driven to, to, to really focus on the fundamentals. Um, and that's a whole nother rabbit hole to get down. But um, so I, anyways, I think it works for me. Again, I wouldn't, that, that may be, I would I would recommend trying that if you're if you're just kind of stale with the trigger control, don't focus on it too much. Don't don't take too don't you know don't let it consume you too much. Don't switch guns, but um, you might give it a shot. I like that, uh, Kenny. You mess around with different guns also a bit. You've got open gun, your Sig. You've got Glocks. Yeah, I I would definitely agree with what Jason's saying. Like I think I've talked to you, Joel, about like switching from open to carry optics and like yeah. Like, obviously, you're going to be aware that trigger control matters more. But I think, because uh, whenever I'd switch in the fall to carry optics, you know, I'd refine things. And even when I pick my open gun and back up, I'm better. Like, it's like I leveled up because I was shooting a different gun for two months. And I think, yes, it's different because I was shooting a less ideal gun. But also because what Jason's saying, it makes you more self-aware. And I know some people recommend it's not good to probably be switching guns. But I think for a person like me, it is good. Because I am one to get complacent in my training and like like Jason says, just kind of just kind of like try to do the bucket of ammo method and I'll just keep shooting it hoping it gets better. Whereas if you pick up a different gun, you're kind of forced to focus on what's happening. And like like Jason said, use your senses, like um, really understand and feel what's going on with that trigger. Just make you more self-aware. Same thing with like the switching from red to green fibers. Like that's a very good point that might help some people i feel i know for me that has definitely helped me for sure yeah i mean nothing, uh, nothing's going to replace i'm sorry joel no, nothing's no, go. going to replace nothing's going to replace the work putting in the work that's it i mean it's really what it is these are just things that i do sometimes to it, it can be a kind of break up the monotony of of just repetitiveness but it also just it's something i like to do uh, that's the other product finding what you like but I, it's just something i recommend trying you know, 
for the most part, most people are going to be best served by sticking with the same gun. But it, it's something to do for borrow your buddy's gun, shoot a little bit, really focus on the trigger, especially if it's a horrible trigger. You go from a 2011 to a Glock, not that the Glock's a horrible trigger, but it's com- it's just so different. And mm-hmm. if you really focus on pulling that, when you get that Glock, hey, I've got to focus on really doing the trigger right, the grip and the trigger right, or I'm gonna my hits are going to suffer. Shoot a stage with it or shoot a drill with it. But if I really focus on that trigger and then your drill, see, this is also another part of it. You focus on pulling that trigger right and gripping that gun right, and then your your hits and, and that drill's a success because your hits are good. You're going to be like, holy crap. That's that's what you got to do. It's a, re, uh, a reaffirming, too. It's a confidence builder, reaffirming process, um, reinforcement loop, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I, I like to do that stuff. I like to take stuff that make it harder on myself, focus on the fundamentals, and still knock it out of the park. It's confidence builder. Yeah, and again, you're like that type A person where you're going to make it work. You're not going to let some piece of gear or fiber optic color or grip size or whatever, like, they're just going to make it work. Real quick story. I yeah. uh, was shooting um, a couple years ago. I was shooting limited. I, sh- <laughs> I showed up to a match. I was shooting uh, a Glock 24 at the time. Um, I showed up to the match. I forgot my ammo. Oh, no. So everybody's like, well, I've got 40 ammo. And I'm like, no, it's for a 2011. It won't chamber in a Glock. So a, 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 a random guy, this is the cool thing about our sport. A random guy said, hey, I've got a Glock 19 with uh, Trigicon on it and a holster. And, and then another buddy said, I've got nine millimeter ammo. Do you want to shoot this? And I said, yes, I do. I've never, I had never shot carry optics. So I said, yes, I do. And, um, I, I put it on and I just told myself, Hey, this is all new. Just focus on the fundamentals. Just do, do, you know, when the dots where it's supposed to be, pull the trigger. Don't worry about anything else. Guy goes, man, I hope you, you better not. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. He goes, you better not beat me. I was like, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to throat stomp you with this gun. And, <laughs> like I didn't say that to him, but I said it to myself. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to win this match with this gun. And I won the match. Uh, gun I had never is... shot. Holster I'd never shot. It was not set up any, it was a completely stock. Lock <laughs> with Trigicon RMR on it with a holster that I was not, it was on a different kind of hanger. I had to take mine off my belt. And, uh, so my whole point is, is I like to put myself in those situations to where like you have to focus on the right things or it's going to be a train wreck. And then when you do that and it works out, you've just proven to yourself that that right there was the key. That, that is the, the foundation of it. What class I, I want to get better. So were you at this point? I was a master. I wasn't because I, I started out as a master. So you understood. Of course you did. Uh, you already understood like gripping the pistol properly you understood trigger control you pretty much understand the understood the concepts so you just did the same thing you did with whatever your match gun was with just an unknown gun yeah that's exactly right just i just knew that if i focused on the right things instead of going oh this gun's different i don't know what i'm going to do it's not going to recoil right for me oh this trigger's not going to be three pounds so it's it's going to be you know I didn't worry about none of that. Yeah, it turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy when people are like, well, I'm not sure how this holster is going to turn out. Let's see how this ammo works. I'm not sure about this. Let's see how this is going to go. Bro, why did you even come out here? Like, I just don't, I don't work that way, so I don't even understand. I would be really frustrated. Why do you, why do you show up with gear you haven't tested? Or if you have tested it, you're already, you know, all that, I guess, negative self-talk, so to speak, about not sure if you can hit a shot or a plate or whatever. That's a whole nother topic that would be it a good is. episode, but dude, it's so true. 
yeah, it's like you're not helping anyone. You're making you're actively making things worse. Uh, okay, the other thing I would like to discuss is vision a bit. I know we've we've discussed about we've discussed that a lot while shooting zombies in the face. Uh, Kenny, that's another one. Uh, not to put you on. Well, I am putting you on blast. Maybe <laughs> last year at this time, if I would have suggested some of these things to you. Being type A, you'd be like, yeah, okay, sounds good. Yep, all right, talk to you later. And then you just, like, go about doing your business. Is that is that fair? Yeah. And now much, you've yeah. had... Yeah. So what made you decide to look at Vision freshly this year? Because I feel like you're, like, re-looking at everything again. Yeah, well, it's kind of something I've been working on. And it started mid-last year where I realized... Like, I was aware of what target focus was. I mean, I'm a dot shooter. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't doing it as well as I thought I was, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, if a shot if the shot came up in a stage that I would define as difficult, I would my vision would shift to the dot, and everything would just fall apart, basically. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was something that Ben pointed out and something that I started working on. And then playing with your iron sight guns made me realize some things about target focus as well, that it's mm -hmm. pretty much exactly... It behaves pretty much exactly how a dot is. You want to use it the same way, and you're gonna get better results. Cause, um, I don't know. It's just it's just better. I I don't really don't know how to explain it in depth, but uh, it's just one of those things. I know I would imagine for iron sight, sure, that sounds crazy, but it's like what Jason says. It's stuff you got to prove to yourself that you got to practice and train and prove to yourself that it works and it's better. Mm -hmm. But um. Yeah, I mean, target focus is the way for sure, I feel. I mean, it's the only way for a dot shooter. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't already put you on blast a little bit. So let me let me ask you another statement that maybe would, would seem fair. So last year, maybe at this time, you were still leveling up rapidly. And so you had enough stuff to work on. You were just, like, doing that. And then you kind of felt like you hit a plateau. And then when you felt like you weren't necessarily getting a lot better, it seems like you've started looking at every single thing with shooting. Like, how do you grip the gun? What are your eyes doing? What are you... How do you press the trigger? Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, for sure. It seems like lately, now you're... Where it was like, you kept getting... I mean, you made A-class pretty pretty quickly, so you just kind of kept rapidly improving, and then you kind of got to a spot where it wasn't as rapidly improving, so then you had to start, you know, kind of like what Jason's saying. You get to a point where... It, you get there easily, and then you have to start looking at every little detail to find tweaks, changes, and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would imagine for most people who don't initially classify as a master like Jason, <laughs> 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 they're going to hit a point where they're not going to get better, and then you start actually looking at the fundamental stuff. Because, I mean, you hear all the high-level dudes, they just preach fundamentals, and... The farther I get into this, I'm realizing, yeah, yeah, it may not be the most fun or most sexy stuff to do, but the stuff that I started doing for sure in my training, and it does, it does pay the most dividends for sure. Well, and like, I mean, we were talking about the prep and press kind of thing you were doing. Uh, like Jason was saying, I know there's at least one really high level shooter that teaches that in his classes, and that his students like it and they really excel. That doesn't work for me, but maybe the next dude tries it, and they just love it. That was just the missing piece to their puzzle. So it seems like, you know, different techniques work well for different people. But kind of, without sounding so cheesy, finding out what makes you tick, so to speak, where 
if I tell you a different way to press the trigger or a different way to hold the gun or a different way to apply pressure, and then that was just kind of things click and that you felt like that, you know, added value, then that can be enough to give you a jump start as well. Yeah, for sure. Jason, what are your thoughts on all this vision business for, uh, obviously you shoot a dot, so you shoot target focus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, same thing target. with irons. Oh yeah. When I, uh, when I shot irons, I shot target focus. Uh, there would be time. I, actually, I probably shot mostly target focus a hundred percent of the time. I would like to say, oh, on those difficult shots, I really did the front sight post focus, but I probably didn't uh, because that felt foreign to me. It felt real hard, uh, which is weird because, you know, I, I grew up um, as a, I mean, little kid, me and my dad and grandpa and brother shot guns all the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, our, our way of doing it, I would go out in the backyard with the pellet rifle and shoot. Uh, this is going to sound crazy, but I'll, I'll do it to someone. I'll show you if, you if anybody questions this, but I would actually focus on shooting the stems off dandelions. So, That's impressive. Well, because it, it wasn't something that was hard. I didn't do it at 100 yards with the wind blowing while I was riding on a horse, but I would lay on the, you know what I mean? I would lay on the ground. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it sounds super impossible. It could sound super impossible, but it wasn't. So <laughs> I would do it, at, you know, 10 yards or five yards or something, and, and then I would try to uh -huh. move back. So my dad and I would go out and put shotgun shells in the ground and shoot them out of the ground with a 22, you know, and yeah, that's what we that. did. So that's what we did. Um, now when my dad and I would go and try to put holes in the paper at 25 yards, you know, growing up for me, everything was at 25 yards, 25 yards off the, off the sandbag. A lot of times, uh, all five shots touching. That's what we did. That's what we tried to do. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of where I, I had learned how to shoot a gun accurately. So when uh -huh. I got into this sport, I just had to keep it in control and you know, that it's not hard to get to a and m level if you do that in, in my mind um but yeah i mean the the, the focus is uh, we can just end this real quickly i mean dot focus oh, uh, with a dot it's target focus whatever you want to do with irons that's up to you but i'm a i'm a i'm a target focus person do you ever jason specifically you do you ever find uh events or situations or target presentations that make you want to start staring at the dot and you have to fight or force yourself to stay target focused? Does that ever happen to you? I, I would say no. Uh, I would say that maybe some things that have drawn my focus to the dot uh, in time or two was the, how bright the dot was. So, you know, I've got my own method of how, how bright I want the dot to be. If it's a bright, super bright day, um, you know, it's just a feeling that looks good to me. Mm -hmm. uh, it may be all the way, I shoot the Delta Point Pro, it may be all the way up on a super bright day. Uh, if it's overcast and it's not super bright outside, that dot comes quite a bit down. Uh, I don't want it to distort, and I don't want it to, I have astigmatisms, but um, I just, so the dot's not perfectly circle for me anyways, but I just, I don't care. Um, so I just kind of find a right setting. But that's pretty much, pretty much been the only thing that's made me focus on the dot uh, from time to time. Uh, the drill MXAD is really good for getting you off the dot focus. Um, I found I really like that drill, but um, that's pretty much all I I worry about. To be honest with you, I, I just get out there and practice. And um, there's times where like it's kind of like when you drive down the road and you're like, holy crap! For the last 20 minutes, I don't even remember driving. How did I make all those turns you know, on the highway? You know what I mean? How do I make all those turns? Right? So I get out there and I go. 
if, if I sit there and think about shooting that stage, I'd be like, I, I know the process <laughs> is to wait for the dot to be in the right spot. But there's, to be honest with you, I'm not actively thinking about that dot. It's just, it's just instinctively. So there'll be times where like, man, I don't even remember seeing the dot. Now that's good and bad. And we've all done that before. <laughs> like you'll get that when you're first come out and start shooting uh, in this sport or anything, you're like, I didn't see my front sight the entire stage. And that's why I had six mics. Right. So there's, there's that way of doing it and it's wrong. But when you practice through it, it's almost kind of like it's it's a you return back to that for me at least where I'm like, shit, I don't even think I saw the dot the whole damn stage. Of course, I got all my hits. I shot at you know two Charlies or six Charlies or uh, I like two Charlies better, but uh, yeah, I would take that one too. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, target focus. That's what you need to be focused on. I, I mean, a point after listening to you talk. I mean, a, a good thing about target focus. I mean, I, I feel if you're doing something else, it's just too slow. And whether it's iron, like after playing with uh, Joel's Tanfo a little bit and his iron-sided Glocks, I was like, I had this assumption in my head. I mean, that if anyone who shoots a dot, they know it gets like over information overload during recoil. And I, I just assumed with irons, it's not as bad. But when I started messing with his Glocks, I was like, it's almost just as bad. And I feel when you're trying to process that much information because you're staring at the front side so hard, it's just going to screw you up. Like one, you're not going to be aiming where you think you're aiming. You're gonna be wasting all that time trying to find the site and dot and yeah i mean i hear people talk about all oh, the dot tracks this way for me i'm like i, I just sit over there in the corner i'm like there what's dot tracking yeah like i mean is this i like the part where you said about not seeing your dot because there's been some stages that i've shot like with my open gun that i just murdered and i'm just like dude i i don't even remember looking for the dot it was just like look where i wanted and it was there you yeah. know what i mean that's an in that's an index thing and a, and a practice thing and getting that skill level to do that, I think. But it's like the nose on your face, man. Your, your brain processes it out. You know what I mean? You can see the tip of your nose if you focus on it. Uh, so it's, it's like, I mean, that's probably a higher level thing. And, you know, kind of like I was thinking of some things the other day and I was like, man, that may be a grasshopper. Like when you can snatch this from my hand, you can leave, you know, that's not something a guy catch the fly out, out of the air with the chopsticks. chopsticks yeah. That's not something a, a, a new shooter needs to be worried about. Uh, and they may actually need to really focus on, Hey, the dot is now there, but knowing it's kind of like, um, watching, uh, calling your shots, you know, like I've thought about this and, uh, in my mind, it makes sense like this. If you, when you're transitioning and you got a one target, two target, three target, and you're going, let's just say the, uh, El Prez setup, the standard practice setup. If you wait until your brain processing, hey, that, that sight or dot is now lifting on the second shot, move my vision to the next one, that's going to take time. So you may, you may call, you, you may just instinctively start looking, right? And of course, that can bring other problems where you start dragging shots off, right? Because you're going too early. But if you actually go, because I've done this on the clock, and I go, don't switch your eyes from spot a on target one to spot a on target two until you see that second shot start to lift. Well, that's going to take time to process. So you have to get in, you have to get into, um, the, the, the skill, the instinct, uh, some of it's time. I think people, something nobody, nobody talks about is timing. You just get in tune with the gun and how, 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 how everything, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's like when the timing. Dot. When the dot comes back down, you know when to break the next shot. Do you mean Man, like that? I'm not waiting to wait to confirm that dot's down. How, so I mean, you, how, how else would you do it? How else, what, do you call, what do you call it? I, I don't worry about what the dot does. How I about don't worry about the dot coming back down and settling. Predictive shooting then? Is that a fair way to describe it then? Yeah, predictive timing. It's a timing thing. 
training and experience. I mean, it's a training thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe that's something I need to get better on. Maybe that's one of my uh, balls that's holding me back. I mean, because you're all like, – I'm still trying to get better at everything I do, everything. So, I mean, well, that's something maybe I need to focus on. You were but, second at Carry Optics Nationals. I think you're doing quite a few things quite well, sir. I mean, but I want to get better. Uh, I know. I appreciate that about you. Um, so I have follow-up questions for you, of course. So as a, we won't even get into you driving home and not knowing how you got home or where you are. But if you shoot a, if you're shooting a stage, <laughs> I, let me re- you, real quick. I've done that too for, for and, and not not remembered anything for other reasons. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Oh boy. All right, I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, let's say you shoot a stage, and you don't remember. You never remember seeing your dot. Intellectually, my guess would be that's because your focus was on something else that you were directing your attention to. Is that fair to say? That's 100 correct. And if so, what would what what's likely uh, in Jason Bradley's mind if you're shooting a stage? You have no idea what the dot did. I don't, I don't really know. What was your attention on? I would guess probably like uh, it, I don't know if it's best way to say it's a stage. Shooting a stage is a, a just a string of multitasking. Like, and the reason why I say multitasking is because you know you would say people. The theory is it's not even a theory, but you can't focus on more than one thing at once. Not your subconscious, not your conscious mind. So um, I would say it's what I the very next thing I need to do. So if the very next thing I need to do, um, and it may be the first thing, but after the first thing, it's always the very next thing. If the very next thing I need to do is have my left foot hit that spot, mm-hmm. then that's what I'm focusing on. If my the very next thing is the piece of tape that I'm looking at on that specific target, then that's what I'm focusing on. Once I can, my program allows me to switch to the very next thing, that's what I'm focusing on. So, you know, it's spot on the ground I'm looking at, um, piece of tape on a target, uh, uh, you know, uh, color distortion on a steel, you know how they get, they get painted, but uh, mm-hmm. you can still see little differences in the, you know, steel and the paint. Mm-hmm. So I try to always locate one of those in the center of the steel. So it's, it's, I would, that's what I would say my conscious mind is focusing on the thing I need to be currently doing. Or is, uh, are those maybe, yeah, or maybe especially big ticket items where you start toes on and when you draw, hey, I need to get a good draw. I want to make sure my left foot moves over as close as I can to the fault line because it'll get me in spot for this target. And then you you push out. And it's like, hey, don't hit the no shoot. Make sure you aim for a specific spot. Like that kind of stuff, like pointing out stuff that could go wrong. Does that maybe be fair? Um, I, I try to focus on doing it right versus okay. on it if I do it and it's wrong. Uh, for instance, okay. Hey, if I if you screw this up, you're going to be over that fault line. I don't want to put that image in my mind, so it's more like just hit the spot you want to hit the goal. Like whatever. Spot. Would you say it's like whatever cues you have made for yourself in your walkthrough and visualization to make yeah, sure that everything? That's what it sounds like to me. No, that's exactly what it is. Because I do, I I do things similar. Yeah, I focus real quickly. I focus on all of that in my walkthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I may not be saying the words right or the terminology right. No, I understand right. exactly what you mean. If I have a, um, a stage, I mean, there's times where I'll be walking through a stage and, I mean, some of the most minute thing, I'm like, oh, this is, uh, you got to hit that nail or that splinter in the board. That's where you want your foot to uh, mm-hmm. land right there. So that I will program that in my walkthrough. I will even program if you have a, a weird, awkward angle and you got to come around a wall and you, if you don't do this 
shifting of your torso correctly, you're going to break the 180. I program that in my um, in my walkthrough. So some of that, I mean, there are times where some of that even that that becomes instinctual because like you do it and then you visualize it as many times as you can or until you have it. And so sometimes that stuff's on autopilot as well. And then mm-hmm. I'm just really worried about, hey, pump your arms, you know, uh, punch out with the gun in this direction, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing that actually really helped me quite a bit, and it was something that I didn't implement. I don't think I implemented it either until Area 4 or Nationals. I think Area 4 um, was tracking the A-zone. is was still. So mm-hmm. I was like, Shh. I mean, like I'd always just like, okay, coming around the wall. And I would say, okay, I need to come around this wall, and I need to be looking at this spot on the target. So let's go back to the wall, at the edge of the wall, and find something to focus on, right? So that's what I used to do. Now I'm like, if you can see that that target where you, through the wall, be tracking that and have the gun up. And the moment that thing is clear of the wall, that hammer needs to, or striker or whatever trigger needs to be pulled. That's different than look on this spot. I mean, it might be the same, but I, I'm I'm just tracking the gun sooner. I think I think it's up. So, anyways, all that stuff is in my walkthrough, and that's what I'm basically trying to do. Di- di- divert all the conscious thinking to i like it um so what is your like training look like for this year then jason do you have anything specifically that you want to relook at or examine or you're changing or is it just continuing to refine i mean it's it's i, de- I definitely think part of it's going to be continually uh continuing to refine um but i'm also trying to make leaps you know you always want to there's any low-hanging fruit, you definitely want to pick that up. Uh, rehabbing my shoulder uh, is, is my main thing, so I'm taking it easy right now. Um, I think it's getting better. I mean, it's getting better, so I'm, I'm, be, I'm actually quite optimistic. Um, but, man, you know, I've got to look at what's setting me apart um, from what do I need to work on that's going to put me higher up in the potential to win a championship. So, mm-hmm. uh you know, I've taught, I, I'm not afraid to ask questions of, from anyone. Uh, you got to be careful sometimes on some people. I mean, everybody wants to give their advice, and sometimes it's yes. not good advice. Now, sometimes you'd be surprised. I've had it, people, <laughs> you know, that I would never would have thought would have. I was like, wow, that's actually a pretty good piece of advice. So don't be sting, you know, don't be snobby or stingy or whatever the word is, and think that that person can't offer you. But most of the time, try to find people that are good at um, spotting stuff. So uh, right now, I got to get better, faster cleaner, more efficient at everything. And I, I will say this, it's not the thing I don't need to work on and really nobody needs to work on is splits. So if you think in the splits are what separates you, you're wrong. It's not. Yeah, that was kind of an awakening for me also. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just transitions are probably the most important thing that most people don't think. That's really where it's at. Yeah, because once you get what... uh probably a class level you're probably splitting as fast as about everyone i mean maybe not on partials partials would separate but majority of you know an a class dude to a top level guy at least my my opinion on close to medium range targets there's not much there to gain but they're you're gonna be getting beat up on absolutely everything else yeah and, and it's not always about everything has to be faster sometimes just doing it better is, is going to yield uh less time on the clock yeah better or sooner it's hard, yeah. It's hard to it's hard for people, I think, uh, to to understand that and process it. Like, no, I've got to do this thing faster. Well, yeah, you just got to do it better and sooner. Yeah, or things like stability, cleaner, 
yes, like you can't put stability. What does stability look like on a on a par time or on a clock in your stage? I don't really know. But if you're if you come in and your sights are exactly where you want them to be, and you can start shooting smoother, or you can roll through, you know, very very gently and shoot targets as you're moving without having your sights bounce all over the place. You have to wait to over confirm. I mean, you can't really put a a number, I suppose, on that skill. It'd be tough to do. If, but, if I could say one last thing, yeah, people always think it, it, I was this way. I think, and, and there's something to it, but it's not always. People think shooting on the move, shooting on the move, shooting on the move, shooting. Mm -hmm. on the move. If it takes you longer to shoot that group of targets, but you're moving, and it takes you longer to shoot them because you're moving, then maybe shooting on the move is not the way to do it. Now, right? So mm -hmm. it's things like that. Absolutely. You know, and that's back to the fundamentals. People they think they've got a good understanding on it, and I think as you as you progress in anything, what you knew a year ago may seem like very basic and fun and um, elementary, and now you've got a better understanding on it, which you should a year from, you know down the road so um doing everything better the the most the best way to do it the cleanest way the most efficient way i think is uh probably more important than the feeling of fast yeah uh, i also think about doing things in the least amount of effort is a yeah. concept i think about a lot also what's the easiest way to do it and i do that for um obviously teaching classes but then just for, like for my own you know, like, hey, what's the easiest way I can tell somebody to do this with the least amount of effort to get the result you want? And then in my own shooting, if it's easier to do, uh, then I'm likely to have better results. So I try not to overcomplicate stuff. And then, I mean, like what you're saying, to me, like always looking at the, the fundamentals, really. Uh, grip, trigger control. Uh, I, like side alignment isn't something that I really even talk about that much. And I like that none of you guys even brought it up. Because uh, an easy way like, to think about it intellectually is if, like, Kenny, if I gave your son, uh, like, like, we give him a carry optics gun, you're like, hey, put the dot on the target at 50 yards. Like, maybe he's got a little bit of strength. Maybe it's a little heavy for him to hold up. But, like, your kid would be just fine putting the dot on a target at 50 yards. But then I'm like, hey, now I need you to press the trigger without moving the dot off the target and put the bullet in the middle of the target. Now, all of a sudden, we have problems. So it's like anyone can aim the gun relatively okay. If it's a, a head box at 15 yards, about anybody's going to be able to, you know, like align the front and the rear sight or get the dot in the head box. But then all the other stuff, do you get it there efficiently? Are you gripping the gun properly? Can you press the trigger without moving the sights? That's all the difficult stuff. Like the physical aligning the sights, eh, vision helps. Like, you know, look at a spot, bring the gun to where you look or helps be more efficient but like the physically aligning the gun really isn't that tough to do and i think some people get hung up on that as well well guys as the saying goes i think this was a bang up podcast uh do appreciate you guys both coming on uh training group members if you have any takeaways from this thoughts on things you want to look at changing or analyzing for your shooting next year drop it in the thread for the show and uh be interested to see what you guys have to say. Thank you for listening to Training Group Live. Stay up to date at practicalshootingtraininggroup.com or pstg.us for short. If you have a question or a comment, head to the Training Group Live section of the forum. Remember, the best questions turn into show topics. If you aren't a member of PSTG, we hope today is the day we earn your subscription. And with that, train frequently, train hard, but most of all, train smart.